Hey everybody, Josh Sheridan here with the Barely Legal Podcast. We have a special episode today that is uh, dedicated to our children and our schools here in the Tampa Bay area. Uh, I was fortunate to have a uh, teacher in the Tampa Bay area reach out to me. Uh, She is extremely concerned with the way that the state of Florida is handling uh, what they're doing with our children and our staff and faculty uh, this coming fall. And she asked to have the opportunity to come on and kind of discuss some of the things that are not being talked about in the press or the news to hopefully give uh, voters, give uh, parents, teachers, everyone kind of a more full view of what's going on rather than that, which is just kind of being leaked out in the press or or talked about on TV. So I'm not going to use your full name because you are still a uh, Florida school teacher. And to the extent that I can protect your anonymity, I'm going to call you Tiffany for today's purposes. Is that okay? Yes, thank you. She was my favorite uh, singer in the 80s. And and so I think (laughs) we're alone now and we can... uh, have our podcast with each other and (laughs) discuss this. So uh, thank you so much for uh, trusting in me to kind of use this podcast as a platform to to talk about this stuff. Thank you for letting me get the word out there um, and just give another perspective on this issue. So uh, how long have you been a teacher? Uh, This will be my 11th year teaching. Okay. And always in Florida? Always in Florida. How many schools have you taught at? Three. Okay. Uh, currently what age kids are you teaching? High school. Okay. Uh, now I understand that recently you've been involved in, uh, certain protests that have been going on in the state. Uh, what have those protests been directed at? Um, so I was in charge of two, two different protests. Um, well, we like to call them rallies since all of a sudden protest seems yeah, to be a bad word. Kind of carries a yes. different <laughs> Even though it shouldn't. But Well, sure, but yeah. So we PR went, is always part of the deal. Yeah, we went to both um, school board meetings and we stayed in our cars and we were trying to let the school board, let our voices be heard because um, there was a poll that went out to the parents asking what they would want for their students. And that involved each of the, or one of the questions involved virtual. When they gave that poll to the teachers, none of our options involved virtual. So in, so then they could say, oh, look, we gave our teachers a poll. All of them wanted brick and mortar. Well, yeah, all three options were brick and mortar. And I didn't want, I wanted to make sure our voices were heard. So like one day, God forbid, and I hope it doesn't happen, but if we're in the hospital or worse, if one of us dies and there's a mic in their faces asking what they did. questions and what they did, I didn't want them to be able to say, well, we gave them a poll and they said they wanted to go brick and mortar. I wanted to make sure it was like known that, no, we are being forced forced to go back and into the classroom. Um, our only option is to take personal leave or or medical leave unpaid, lose our insurance in the middle of a pandemic. Um, and even then, you're not necessarily guaranteed a spot back at your same school. And a lot of us, like teaching is just like any other career in a lot of ways. Like it takes a while to get the classes you want. Like if you want to teach advanced, you that's not It'll something you get as there. a brand new teacher. Sure. Yeah. So if you leave for a little bit and then and come back, it, you're not you're going to be working all the way back up. They're not going to give you 
what you had, right. basically. So... Now, are you at a public school or a private school? Public school. Okay. I've always been in public school. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, because some of this may just seem so uh, intuitive to you, it's not to me. Yes. So, okay. I want to ask some questions. Okay. First off, you said they gave the teachers a poll. Who's they? The district. The district put out a poll. Okay. Well, let's... Can, okay. can we... I want, to, I want to really make this understandable yes, for the okay. listener because... Yes. Uh, you while you can explain the whole hierarchy and structure, <laughs> yes. and I'm a child of two school yeah. teachers, I still don't fully understand how it works. So, is who's the top person in charge of public education in Florida? Not the name, but what's the position? The well, in all of Florida. Well, sure. Like the Department of Ed. Okay, the Department of Education. Mm-hmm. And do they just answer to the governor? Is that the way that that works? I believe so. Honestly, okay. I'm not entirely well, I, sure. I, this isn't a, a, a yeah. pop, pop quiz. Yeah, right? Yeah, so yeah, the tables are back. turned. The tables are turned. <laughs> no, but I, just to, just so we can – because part of the thing that I'm, I'm hearing, because you'll be the fourth educator that I've spoken to on this podcast yes. this week, and I hear a lot of pronouns, but without knowing who that is that you're talking about, I don't even know where to address the issue. Yes. So. They are giving polls. They is the school board? The, the district. The district. So, so each how many district, districts are there in, in Florida? I'm not sure. One Ballpark. for every county. I mean, again, you're not being, you're not being graded on this. But I just don't a, know. One for every county. So every so county has many has counties its own would have its own district. Yes. Okay. So then is each county able to kind of come up with their own yeah, it's kind being of left mandates or dictates? And that's actually part of the problem. And I... My heart goes out to to them too, like the school board members in each of these counties, because they're put because we have a lack of leadership um, as a state and as a country right now. They're being put in this precarious position to have to literally decide what life and death decisions. Well, it's crazy to me that we're polling. I mean, I guess it matters what parents think, but it kind of doesn't matter what parents think because it's like. This this is a thing regardless of what you think about it, right? Exactly. And I then mean, that brings politics into it because every, you know, of course, well, and we don't want it to be political, but unfortunately well, no, but you, it's become I, you're going to get a you're going to get a probably a different a different view from parents in Pinellas County, from Hillsborough County, from Manatee County. Yeah. I mean, just as you would in New York versus, you know, Alabama versus whatever. I mean, the the kind of political inclination of the parents are going to probably tell you what their vote is and again you know it's like cancer doesn't care what you think about it it's cancer exactly (laughs) you know your opinion like has yeah zero to do with you know oh i i don't believe in cancer great i'm gonna die from it anyway but i don't you know so i mean i i think we can at least agree that COVID exists i think i think we can at least although some people think it's a pandemic still well i guess i guess so any any well yeah i mean i don't obviously sure 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 i I don't want to get too far (laughs) off topic but getting getting kind of to the the specifics of the the the, with education Mm -hmm. the county sent out Two different polls, one to parents and one to teachers, saying what they wanted to do. And I will say, at first, it was only to parents, and we. Well, let me ask you this question real that. quick. Do you know what the numbers came back from yes. the parents with? Yes, the parents. Uh, I believe it was seventy-four percent wanted brick and mortar, so in classroom, really traditional class classroom. That surprises me. It was that 
yeah. strong in that in that direction. Only 24% of parents requested virtual. Now, here's why it doesn't surprise me. As a family law attorney, as a divorce attorney, I can tell you that homeschooling, quarantine has just poured gasoline on family units that maybe weren't the healthiest going into it. Yeah. You know? I mean, a pandemic, I think, would probably do that anyway. But yeah, other than having to homeschool your kids, that definitely... Well, I can tell it was... my my. So my wife is a perfectionist. My wife doesn't do anything half-assed. Everything is like, you know... She, we just got my son's matching backpack and lunchbox, and my daughter's got bows that match her shoelaces, and she's bought a whiteboard, all this stuff. And like with me, it's like, you want pizza or chicken nuggets tonight, or you know, whatever. <laughs> my wife's like, you know, she's, yeah. and it burnt her out, and I'm so codependent when she's burnt out. I, I, it burns me out on top of how burnt out I am divorcing people yeah. all day long. But I, I, the idea of having to do what we just did for three months in, in the spring and the fall. Scares the living shit out of me. But it, as I tell clients all the time, it's not a choice between a filet mignon and a shit sandwich. It's no. between a it's... little shit sandwich and a huge shit sandwich. Which one do you want to eat? Now, the one I, I promise I won't filibuster, but the no. one thing that we've come up with, which I really like and I hope people think about, is having small groupings of families where they can rotate a proctor and have each parent or each family be kind of the teacher for a day of the week. So five families get together, you can rent out a space or if someone's got space in their home and then each parent rotates. So each parent's only doing it one day. The kids are still getting somewhat of an academic experience. And, and the other thing, which I'm sure you're aware of is kids relationship with their parents are very different from kids relationships with their teachers. Yes. You know, the stuff my daughter says to my wife and me, if she would get her teeth knocked that not literally, but if she said it to her teacher, so it's nice to have someone besides mom and dad teaching you these, these things or at least watching over the computer. So that's one way that I've seen that maybe the virtual component could work. So anyway. Well, I understand that because I have four children and my husband is like the breadwinner. So he works late a lot. And so I was home during that. And my baby, my youngest was only five weeks old at the time. And I was tr- teaching 165 students while taking care of a newborn and my three other children, two of which are teenagers, and I had to make sure they were doing their work. So it's like the people that are saying that teachers are lazy and don't want to go back. Who's someone saying that? A lot of people, a lot. They're saying that we're lazy and that we don't want to go back and we just want to collect a paycheck. And It is – sorry. No, go ahead because I know your parents were (laughs) – It is the shittiest job in the world. It is very rewarding. You are molding minds. You are – I mean, you are – as essential as essential gets, but it is the most thankless. I mean, I would argue worse than police. I mean, just you just between you can't make anybody happy. You can't make the kids happy. You can't make the parents happy. You can't make the administrators happy, the assistant principals happy, the principals happy, the government happy. And you're getting paid dick and you're working crazy hours. You're coming out of pocket to pay for your own lesson plans and your own bulletin boards and your own art projects. I mean, it's I don't know why anybody if I I, I, this sounds like I'm criticizing and I'm not. But 
I don't know. I, I don't. I could not do it, and I don't know. I don't know why anybody would want to do it. I mean, honestly, I get, no. But I get I, why you want to do it, but I don't know why anybody would want to do and it. And honestly, if I were to go back in time, um, I probably wouldn't have become a teacher. But not, it's not because I don't have a passion for it or I don't love it. Because I truly do. Like I love what I do. I go over and above every single time. Um, when I did the virtual learning experience, I made sure I made it fun for my students. I got really into it, but. Yeah, it, I money's really important in this world. So well, <laughs> if was, I were to go back, I wouldn't become a teacher. There was a, a interview I listened to about a week or two ago, and it was John Stewart uh, on Joe Rogan, and he was talking about how uh, one of the potential good aspects of this pandemic is and remind me to never drink a Monster Energy drink right before a podcast. <laughs> He's burping in the microphone all the time. Um, <laughs> he was talking about how COVID has really sh- shined a light on the fact of the priorities of different working classes in this country and how everything, taxes, pay, has always been so beneficial to the investor class, the the bankers, the people, you know, these sorts of things where the essential workers now, you're seeing when the chips are down, who do you need? You don't need the bankers and the investment people. It's the teachers. It's the first responders. It's the you know, whatever these things are that are going on, but the pay structure and who we pay well in this country versus how necessary they are is is out of whack. But I have a theory on that. I think it's on purpose. I mean, because here, for instance, I'm going to use teaching because that's what I'm in, but teachers right now are being silent. I mean, there's a few of us that are like, no, forget it. I'm going to speak up. But in the past, I've been silent um, when other things have come up. And I've just you just keep put shouldering it and shouldering it and shouldering it. Every new, you know, initiative that comes along, we go to trainings, we do it. We train without getting paid all summer. Um, I mean, we have pay, but it's, you know, yeah, distributed throughout the year. It's sure. not the same thing. Um, we, you know, when I, I've gone on maternity leave twice since I've been a teacher. Each time I made half my pay. Yeah. So I made, you know... Not, it's really bad. Um, and I actually had to pay back my money going on Christmas break. Anyway, we shoulder all these things. And most of the time we're quiet because there's this climate of retaliation, you know, like, which is where does that come from? The um, school board, the school districts, the government, the parents, the it can come society? from everywhere. I mean, it can come from actual, it's mostly in, like internally, like in the school. If you want like the classes that are, you know, there's, is classes. it because it's competitive? Because, you know, it, it, it's such a saturated market. It's difficult to get a good position. It's not saturated anymore. No. Um, no, we've had a shortage. Like, there's a lot of times you have like a long-term sub all year now. So, um, no, I don't. I don't know what exactly it is, except for people like power. I mean, in any industry. Yeah. So, you know, you just don't want to make your boss mad. Right. So, um, people are being silent, and teachers or especially silent, um, we're just used to like being the heroes, like, okay, just give me more. I'll keep doing what you say. And for some of us, this is where we draw the line, but there are the, like a bunch of teachers out there that are just like, Oh, I'm going to get a cute mask and I'm going to get this hazmat suit or, you know, not really, but they're, they're trying to make cute posters out of it. And, and be all gung ho, and it's, there's nothing cute about this. This is not just another initiative. This isn't just another, thing that we need to roll out this is literally life and death and i'm not being dramatic like well so let's let's kind of go through your checklist that okay. you gave me here because uh i thought that was very interesting and it'll give us kind of a structure okay to talk about this so you gave me 
a list of the top 12 things in parentheses most parents aren't talking, thinking about when they discuss going back to school next month. Do you have these memorized or should I help you? You should help me okay. because... So the first one has to do with the mold in the that school That one buildings. I can go on and on All about. Right, so well, every, school, every school I've ever worked at, we they turn the air off during um, any break. So for different school districts do different things during the summer. Um, I know mine closes for a week. So during that week that the air is off. Um, every winter break, the air is off, which isn't quite as bad. Uh, every weekend, the air is off. We're in Florida. It's humid. You cannot turn the air off for extended periods of time without having mold. Yeah. Um, our, for instance, one of the schools I worked at, um, I, the first school I worked at for seven years, um, there was a, one summer we came back and there was literally mushrooms growing on our book, bookshelves. Um, in fact, and then the district I work in now, I was just talking to a teacher the other day, and she... You can keep talking. Go ahead. And she uh, was telling me about how her bookshelf literally was growing roots through her um, portable. Like, it was attached. They had to literally detach. That's not your kids calling you, is it? Let me make sure. All right. No, it's not. Okay. All right. So, (laughs) (laughs) um, they had to detach the floor to get the bookshelf up because it had grown roots. Oh, my God. I mean, so this is a very common problem. It's one we're not supposed to talk about, but I'm talking about it anyway. Well, you say you're not supposed to talk about it. Has someone said to you, don't talk about this? I've heard that we're not supposed to talk about it. Like, I actually I mentioned it on um, a forum that was for schools, and I was told, don't say the M word. Mushroom? No, mold. Oh, sorry. <laughs> mold. Okay. Don't say it. Um, and we... Oh, so every year when we come back, so we've had like clean air at our homes, right? right? We go in and we get upper respiratory infections without fail every single year. And it's because of the mold. It's like a shock to your system. Right. Well, I fear that we're going to go back. That's going to happen. And that's going to make us more susceptible to COVID. Right, right. Well, that's definitely not one that jumped out at me, you know, in in this consideration. Yeah. Uh, The second one that you mentioned is the guilt that teachers will feel if a child is hospitalized or dies because they were accidentally exposed yes um i think that one's i'm like a guilt-ridden person anyway just because that's who i am but (laughs) so i think of like a lot of times people don't know they have covid in the beginning so you know you're exposing people to it before you have the symptoms and i can't even imagine how i would feel if i accidentally gave that to one of my students and we have high-risk kids every year, and unfortunately, just because they're high-risk doesn't mean their parents are going to keep them home. Um, you know, they might be a one-income family that needs their job and has to send their kids, and or unfortunately, we have neglectful parents out there that might be sending their kids anyway because they don't want to deal with them. There's both, but... So I got to, growing up, see the seedy underbelly of school teachers and see what school teachers were doing when they weren't teaching school, and... I, I can only go by what I saw, and I'm sure that this is not true of every everything. But my parents were very empathetic, sympathetic people, and good, good people. And when they're not in the classroom, there was a lot of alcohol, there was depression, there was anxiety, there was all these things. And a lot of that, if not created by their uh, profession, was exacerbated by their profession. So, you know... Adding this into being a teacher, I could only imagine would have an impact. And, and one of the things that it kind of reminds me of is a little bit is the whole gun debate, how they were, you know, well, let's give the teachers guns. And it's just like, 
you're going to saddle them with that too. <laughs> Are you going to pay them more? I know. Or they have to buy their own ammo and their own, you know, I'm just like, it, just like, you know, the police aren't the solution to every problem. Teachers aren't the solution to every problem. And, you know, you're, I, I have, I've got to go home every night and take care of two kids. You guys are taking care of 18, 20, 22, 25 kids from, from morning till the afternoon. And in a lot of ways they become your children. Well, I have 165 students every year, pretty much. And yeah, they become my kids and I care about them, you know, yeah. and I and you become a family throughout the year for, because you're spending more time with them. A lot and of their, times parents their parents are. are. Yeah. So and plus, like you said, you get to see a different side of them. They really open up more sure. as long as you're like one of the cool teachers that they feel. Like oh, I can. love them. That the teachers tell me that my daughter's shy because I'm like, she doesn't shut up the whole time that she's at <laughs> home. Always the opposite. Yeah. Home. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So. I can't even imagine the guilt I would I would carry or anyone would carry because yeah you're right most teachers are empathetic people it's why we're drawn to this industry um, obviously it's not because of the fame or the money yeah <laughs> so number three that you gave me is kind of a flip on number yeah. two which is you know uh, a lot of teachers I know my mother taught when she had cancer um, you know when my mom was a teacher the issue was everybody was from the asbestos getting cancer. You know, so, and that's probably still happening. Yeah, Yeah. that's probably still happening. But I mean, you know, you're, yeah, your kids are young and, 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 you know, robust and all these things. But some of these teachers are, you know, pushing 60, 70, whatever, have, are cancer survivors or have other issues. So, you know, you're sending in these little torpedoes to the teacher and what might happen to the teacher, you know, that's going to be a tough pill to swallow for the kids and the family too. Yeah. Like, and that's why I keep hearing some like key phrases thrown out there in the media. And one of them is the whole, first of all, kids can't get this or if they get it, it doesn't bother them. And we want, and our kids need normalcy. I keep hearing the word normalcy. There's not going to be anything normal about going back to school. You're going to take a bunch of teachers who, even if they are willing to go back, but a lot are going kicking and screaming. Okay. You're going to put them in an already stressful environment. It's stressful to be a teacher. You know, it takes a lot of patience. And you're going to take them where they're afraid for their life every day. And then you're, some people are going to die. I mean, it's not like being dramatic. Some people are going to die. Some people are going to end up in hospitals. And if you, if you had it as a child and you came in and didn't realize you had it and your teacher got sick and died, or even if you didn't have it, even if it wasn't because of you, just like I heard somebody say, there's going to be have to be a place in the back of the yearbook for all the obituaries. Like a in memoriam, like they do at the Oscars, yeah. That's not normal, yeah. you know? Um, and neither is having to tell kids, put on your mask, and, you know, all the other little things that you have to think about. So then the number four is, you know, what do the parents do when a kid gets it? Or what, is it, what does the <laughs> parents do when a kid in the classroom with their kid gets it? How is that going to be? Is that child going to be ostracized? Is that family going to be ostracized? Is it going to create litigation? Is it going to create, you know, acrimony? What's that going to do? Yeah. uh, So my district is because I called my union and I just can I just say this real quick? I'm just just because I'm super paranoid. Can you please confirm that you do not teach at Christ the King? I do not teach and, at Christ the and King. And you do not teach at Small Blessings where my I, son goes. I do not teach at okay, Small Blessings. Okay, and you do not teach at Corbett Prep. I do not teach at Corbett okay. Prep. I've always taught public school. I just bring that up because she is not a teacher at any school that my kids go to or the school that is doing the mural on. I just don't want people by association yeah. thinking that no. somehow I'm pulling in. So anyway, thank you for that. Go ahead. <laughs> no problem. 
So I am... Views expressed on this show. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. I am worried because we get a lot of angry parents out there. You know, be, you're, you give your student a C and you get the angry phone calls. Why are you giving my kid a C? I can't even imagine if you accidentally gave their kid COVID what the calls are going to be like. And we've been told that there will be no legal way of you know them retaliating or anything i don't know if i believe that there don't also- I'll t- I thought this is my area don't believe it because <laughs> yeah. uh, you know you got you got attorneys suing the city right now for mask mandates you've got uh, yeah. insurance lawsuits for interruption of business based on covid you know, if, if if you can dream of it, there can be a cause of action based on it. And just to kind of go off of that also is I called the union. I said, what are going to like if a teacher gets it at school, are we going to be able to use workman's comp? Um, are we going? It, is there a potential for one day having like a class action lawsuit against the state for making us go back? They said no, because there'll be no way to prove where we got it from. That's what the union's telling us. There'll be no way to show that we got it from school. That's interesting. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I'm not. I'm, I'm going to defer on it because I don't know enough about it. Yeah. But I wouldn't be that confident about it. That's so. what I'm thinking. Uh, so the next one is that there, there's no uh, inflation or extension or addition of sick personal days that you're getting. You're getting what you had before. Is yeah, that we how? have the ten days, and I guess there is some kind of act that you can take that's universal for all jobs with COVID. But the problem is, if you even get a fever or cold symptoms or anything, you're going to need to be out. Well, if you, the way that I understand it is with that extra act, I can't remember if it's an act or a bill or what it is, but with that, you have to um, prove that you had COVID. So if you didn't and you you were just taking precautions like you're supposed to, oh, well, sorry, you just used five of your days or 10. You only get 10 days for the year and you only get them like in, I think you get two at a time every few months. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you even start off with 10 days. Right. Um, So... Yeah, those days will go so fast. Right, right. Um, teachers being reluctant to take time off uh, if they're exposed because they can't afford to do it. I mean, this was something I thought of when you were saying uh, about teachers being silent is, you know, you're a two-income household. So, uh, you know, in some ways you're lucky because yeah. you there's another income coming in. But, you know, some of these teachers are single parents, and that's their only income, and they, they can't really afford to not be working. I, well, as I mean, you know me personally, so you know that yeah. I was a single mom for a long time until like five or six years ago. So I feel for them, but I also want to urge them, like, if you're a single parent, you really should not be going back into the classroom. You should be finding another way of making an income because if you're the only parent they have, you need to be you protecting your, exactly. And I sure, think that's yeah. even more important than money is finding, you know, being healthy, being right. there for your kids. Right. So. Uh, this one is one that I spoke about yesterday with uh, Nadia Combs, who's running for school board district yeah. one here, uh, is the school system's ability to afford to actually protect the children and staff, what the protocols would actually cost the school. Now, why why that's relevant here in Hillsborough County is, as you might be aware, they just misplaced $50, $60 million in emergency resources that they're trying to figure out, you know, what the accounting error was that led to that. So they have 50 or 60 million less dollars than they think that they did. And, uh, you know, that's that's the type of stuff that this stuff was earmarked for, as I understand it. But whether it's face masks, sanitizer, plexiglass, 
rapid test, whatever the things are that, you know, this money would be going towards, I mean, you know. They don't even buy us pencils. I'm not yeah. like, or staples, like any of that. Like even like the bare minimum, they don't buy us it just tissues. Is, it is insane to me. We pay for all of it. And we only get a $250 stipend, which I probably spend at least $2,000 a year, at least on my students. That, that I whole, do, like, that whole scenario and... hasn't changed in 40 years, probably longer. And it blows my mind. So you tell me how they're going to get us PPE and how they're going to make sure we have... First of all, we don't have automatic doors. Almost always, they, there's no soap in the bathroom or paper towels. Um, you know, and this isn't just my school. Like, I love my school. So this is every school I've ever been in and every school that I've heard from other teachers. Like, it's a common problem. And in fact, I know this is going a little bit off topic, but half of our janitorial staff right now have COVID. That's insane. So... We're, we were already short, like it's a thankless job. Um, who's going to want to do it now right. to risking your right. life? So, right. um, the, the next one that you had listed here was the fear of uh, parents who, uh, knowing that the children are high risk, uh, would, would still not sign them up for virtual school and basically sending them into, you know, the firing squad as it were. Um, yeah, unfortunately, that will happen. There'll yeah. be students that come to school that are high risk. I usually have about two in every class that are um, would be considered high risk, and my fear is that some of them will be coming anyway. And like I said, that goes back to the guilt one. Right. Uh, next, you have is teachers who are high risk who have family members who are high risk, and the fact that they just won't be able to work because of it. This, I, yeah. Go ahead. This is why I'm fighting. Like this is why. I'm not usually a confrontational person, but I have been throughout this because I'm I'm not fighting just for myself. I've already found out I can get medical leave, so if it was just about me, I could I could stop. This is about my friends and my fellow teachers who have put you know their 20, 30, almost 30 years in. I have a lot of friends that are about two to three years away from retirement and are having to look at maybe walking away. Yeah. Um, because they're considered high risk because of their age. And then I have other friends where one of my really, really good friends, we were pregnant at the same time, and her daughter was diagnosed with cystic fibrosis. And she was teacher of the year, and she's not being given, like we're not going to be given virtual positions just based on our need. Right. There's just too many people that would have that need. It's And it's also going to be based on our certifications and everything like that. So... We need to be protected, I've, and they need to be protected. Uh, just the volume of students that teachers are going to be exposed to. That was an ex, you know, directly exposed to 160 students a day, and schools where thousands of students and staff are touching, sneezing, coughing, Yeah, if breathing, you teach in a high school, I think, it, like, our high school has 2,000 people in it. And kids are gross, students, too. I mean, yeah, they, they are. They got their fingers in their nose and their butts and they're even kissing teen, each other. Even and they're, teenagers. And what's going to happen, and I didn't, I didn't put this in there – they're going to bully each other, just like oh, adults are right yeah. now. I mean, the, look at what we've seen on the news, like uh, old ladies coughing on, on oranges and coughing or on, on yeah. babies. Yeah. Um, and that's what's going to happen. There's going to be kids that are taking this seriously, wearing their masks, doing all the things, and they're going to be called all kinds of slurs and coughed on and sneezed on and thinking it's a joke because teenagers think everything's a joke. Everything's a joke, and you think you're invincible. Well, you're and live forever, right? Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's 
you know, the, the the adults don't seem to have the emotional maturity level to handle this to expect that the children are going to be and able they've to. they've been stuck home for now sure. almost six right, months right. with these adults screaming at Fox yeah, News so or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> little echo chambers of yes. what, what their parents are saying. So uh, the issue with getting substitutes and how there will be an increased need for substitutes with, with this going on. If I had to pick one reason why schools shouldn't open besides the fact that like we should wait until community spread stops and we're safe would be the substitute one because obviously we're gonna have to be out more and more because really you should be staying out every time you have even a hint of being sick well every year we are short on subs and um, that means you're covering for another teacher or having to combine classes which definitely rules out social distancing um plus most of the people that are substitutes are retired school teachers you know they're right. older they do it more for the love of teaching just to have a little taste of that um but i don't think any of those people should come back because and will you know it's you get paid nothing and then the last one kind of is more of a overall broad yeah. uh, is is you know as much as you want something to be normal just saying it is and acting as though it is isn't going to be enough for that to be the case yeah and i think we're all in that boat right right now. sure you know oh i mean in so many ways i mean as a parent obviously uh as an attorney it's definitely changed the way i practice law and the way that i help my clients as a huge fan of uh music live music yes. uh i haven't you know been able to go do that at all which i mean obviously that's not maybe as as yeah, high on the on list of needs but i mean you know we we are we are not living not really living living yeah. you know and so uh as much as we want to go back to the way that things were it, it's not a fake it till you make it type of situation you gotta you gotta do the work which whether that means being closed for the fall mandatory masks whatever the thing is that you know is going to stop this um it's gotta it's gotta happen yeah because I, I i know i wake up some mornings and i just want to pretend this is all over and like have a normal day so i understand the people that like are wanting to pretend this isn't happening because it's too horrible to like fathom it it feels like it's some kind of dystopian novel that we're living in um but I have to like remind myself constantly, like, oh, this is this is real. We, we you know, this yeah, you is don't have thing. a choice. I mean, that's exactly. this is this is a conversation I have a lot of times with clients in my criminal practice, family law practice. That said, if it gives you any comfort, you don't have a choice. You know, you got to do this. So it's not whether you're going to do it. Yeah. It's just you got to do it. So it's kind of that way. So uh, I don't know if this was your plea or if you have a plea on top of this I, list that we went through. I do have a plea. You have a speech. My plea is to speak up to use your teacher voice and speak up. Do not be afraid. Um, there's gonna be a teacher shortage after this and we're gonna have plenty of job security no matter what after this. So speak up and try to make a difference. And that goes for the health department too because I feel, not just I feel, um, recently that Palm Beach County um, Zoom meeting for their district, um, there was a guy named Frank in there that basically said that the Surgeon General is putting a gag order on the health departments. And so I want to urge the people at the health department, because I know we're all people. I know there's government agencies, but we're all human human beings at the end of the day. I believe that we're all mostly good. And 
Um, I think this is our time to speak up and do what's right so that we can sleep at night and look our kids in the eyes and look ourselves in the eyes. Should they be writing their representatives, their senators? I mean, who, who, do, you, who do you speak up to? I mean, you, you mentioned somebody, but I mean. Well, with, I guess it depends on who you are. But with teachers, um, yeah, that you should be writing our governor, you should be writing your local district, but you should also be putting out there on Facebook and social media so that we can humanize this because I think that it's really easy to say, oh, teachers need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps and get out there, be, yeah. you know. Well, th they might not realize we all have a story. Yeah. Um, so I think that it's important that we share our story to humanize um, this. And when it comes to the health department, I think they need to speak up to our districts because – if all it would take is them saying it is not safe for us to open and we wouldn't open. Um, but from what I've been told, they're being told to deny science and to keep their mouths shut. They Why literally... should science get in the way, though? <laughs> exactly, right? <laughs> <laughs> I can't breathe in here. Yeah, but don't let science get in the way. <laughs> you know, right. you don't need oxygen. It's fine. So anyway, well, thank you so much for coming in. I know this this is something you're passionate about. And uh, I appreciate you uh, speaking your mind and, uh, you know, not that everybody necessarily will fall in line, but at least you're giving them uh, facets to this that they might not have otherwise thought about to, so that they can make a more informed decision as to what they're doing with their kids this fall and how they might yeah. be involved. Are there any more protests planned? Yes, I have another protest. Um, it's on Friday next week. Um, we're going to go to the health department because we believe our district's hands are tied at this point and we want to help liberate them. Okay. Are there any social media pages directed at this or any kind of thing like that? Um, it's a Minnesota Teachers, Parents, and Community Unite. Okay. Well, that clues someone into what counties are talking about. Yeah, uh, it's okay. All right. Well, thank you again <laughs> for coming by. I really appreciate it. I'm honored that you uh, let me be a part of this, and uh, I wish you the best of luck. Thank you so much. All Thanks right. for having me.